Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast for this very special episode that is a bit out of the ordinary as I'm going to talk about my story of how I overcame depression using EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, uh, which I will talk about soon. Now, as a word of caution or disclaimer, obviously I am not a doctor, I do not claim to be the person who can teach you how to overcome this depression. This is just a personal story of how, you know, I did it and... Maybe you can benefit from this. Maybe some of the stuff might resonate, even if it's only one or five percent, that will be more better than nothing. Uh, but please, you know, take responsibility for your physical and mental well being. Um, and, you know, I trust that you can take care of yourself and take what is useful in this episode and leave the rest. So I decided to talk about how I heal depression as when I anecdotally talk about it on calls with some of my clients or some of my groups and with people in general they can always resonate to at least part of the story which kind of leads us to think that it is much more frequent than we would think or some of the experiences or feelings and stuff that I've gone through are actually way more common in the general population as we think and while it's amazing that Topics such as mental health and depression are becoming, you know, much more popular and people are talking about it more openly. For a very long time, there was a lot of taboo around that subject or, you know, we perceived talking about depression as a sign of weakness. Maybe it wasn't good to be open with that in a work environment or, you know, fearing that our boss might find out, and what if we don't get hired? All of these things, there's a lot of social pressure and stigma, especially when people don't understand. So when it came to depression, I had depression for on and off for about 10 years, and it has definitely been healed and cured in May of 2018, and I deeply believe it's never going to come back, uh, for reasons I will share in this podcast. Now, as a side note, before we start with this story, EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique, is a bit of an alternative therapy that uses, to, to make a very long story short, the idea of which, because we don't quite understand exactly fully how it works, but it basically, the, the rationale is that, you know, we have energy moving through our body, which I think we can all agree with, and when life events happen, such as, you know, trauma or any event that triggers negative emotion or even stuff that we inherited, it creates a disruption in the flow of the energy in our body. And these disruptions, if not, you know, healed or if we don't restore the flow of the energy, can manifest as physical, uh, emotional or mental ailments. Uh, it's basically, you know, ex emotions that are not healed will express themselves in a different way. And what EFT does is it uses tapping on meridian points on our body, kind of like acupuncture, there is some similarities and how it works, to allow, you know, the flow of energy to be how it's supposed to be and alleviate or eliminate some of these energetic disruptions. Um, there is also some understandings that EFT acts very powerfully with the limbic, limbic brain. So when we have a fight or flight response or a survival response, tapping on those meridian points can basically calm the nervous system down, calm the limbic brain down, and is a very powerful tool to bridge the gap, the gap between emotions and logic. So for example, I logically know that a spider in Switzerland is not going to hurt me, but my emotional response is that I'm very afraid. My, you know, survival center is triggered. And if we do EFT on the fear of spiders, it's going to bridge the gap between emotions, which is fear, and logic, which is knowing it's fine, until we get to a point where we can, you know, 
cohabitate with spiders without freaking the fuck out, which is definitely something I have achieved. So that's for EFT. If you are interested in looking into EFT, I highly recommend going to the website of the founder. Uh, his name is Gary Craig and his website is www.mofree.com. So E-M-O-F-R-E-E.com. And he has a lot and when I say a lot, it's like months or years of mat free material, resources, case studies, and the entire procedure. If you want to teach EFT, uh, teach yourself EFT and how to do it, you can all find it for free on his website. And basically his website, as well as an um, EFT therapist back then, is how I heal depression. So you can get go a very, very long way with that. So coming back to uh, the depression. And by the way, EFT works with everything. It works with knee pain, uh, anxiety, food intolerances, allergies, bacterial infections. Like it can work on anything. I have tried it for everything and anything, including procrastination, uh, you know, limiting beliefs. It works for freaking everything. It's magic. So circling back to the depression story, I first became depressed uh, that I can remember of when I was around 14. And it basically lasted from age 14 to 24. And the depression was always triggered by a specific type of event. So I want to put that out there right now. Some people, it kind of just randomly, even though I don't believe in random, I think at the subconscious level, there is a specific reason, but sometimes we're not aware of it. So for some people, they just, you know, it kind of hits them unexpectedly and they really don't know where it comes from, what might have triggered it, and it kind of makes it harder to know what to start with. Me, it was different. It was always triggered by a specific type of event. And that type of event was when I was involved with someone. So when I had a crush on someone when I was 14, uh, or, you know, later in life in my 20s when I was dating someone, and that person either did not like me back or it ended up not working out because, you know, they didn't have time for a relationship. That was always what triggered the depression. So there were other times, you know, where I wasn't really happy and fulfilled and I didn't even realize it. Now that I am happy and fulfilled, looking back, you know, I was kind of living life on the back burner, but it wasn't as bad as the depression. So first time, you know, it happened, I was madly in love. And can you be mad madly in love at 14? I don't know, but at least that's how I felt with, you know, this guy who was at my school and he did not, not love me back. And that's when the depression was triggered, you know, the first time. And then... Uh, the second time, I think I had a huge crush on someone at golf and we really got along and I thought that maybe it would turn out uh, to be something more uh, than a situationship and it didn't because he just wasn't that into me and again, depression hit. And when that happened, um, I would feel so bad. So it's very difficult to describe, but like this huge weight in your chest and as if my heart was dropping and feeling really hopeless and helpless and as if you were kind of in a parallel world so I would this image that comes back to my mind is I would see people going you know doing their their lives living their lives doing their daily tasks and things and it was as if I was in a computer game so I would see these people moving around me doing their thing and I felt as if I was observing them, but they couldn't see me, like completely lonely, isolated, and that there were no perspectives for the future, no hope. That's kind of a way I can describe it. And it was so bad that I could not get out of bed. So I did because I had to. I had to go to school or high school or university or my job. But had I not had those things, I would have just stayed in bed and tried to fall back asleep to escape how awful um, I used to feel. And I lost weight each, each and every time as my appetite would completely go away, just touching food would um, make me want to puke. Uh, so lost, you know, weight each time, etc., etc. And the way, you know, it would go away was just with time. And then some people say, well, time heals all wounds. Like, no, that's bullshit. It's just that as time went by, the pain was not as consciously painful. It was kind of like swept under the rug kind of thing. And you know, as I had to focus on school or university or whatever, 
um, I was able to to divert my thoughts on something else. But the, the root of the problem was still there. And the last straw came in 2017. That's the moment I decided I needed to do something about it. So it would be on and off. The not great phases would last maybe from a few weeks like the very bad, horrendous, not being able to eat maybe a few weeks and kind of feeling like shit maybe like a couple of months before it got a bit better. And the last time it happened was when I was 24, 23, 24, I guess, in 2017, um, when, you know, again, I met someone at university that I really liked and it didn't work out eventually. It didn't even really start. It was a situationship that ended very fast. And same thing crushed me. And I kept replaying the movie in my mind of like the first date we went on and wondering what I had done wrong, what I said wrong, what was the moment, you know, when he realized that it was not it because it always started so well you know, between me and him, whoever, like it was different guys, but always the same scenario. It always started so well. And then something happened and it's, it appears that they had changed their mind about me. And I remember saying that to my friends, like, why did he change the, his mind? What did I do? What did I say? Uh, did he realize something? He changed his mind. He changed his mind. Now, knowing what I know about energy and beliefs and, you know, quantum physics and the subconscious mind, I just didn't feel worthy and kept attracting, attracting people who were not available. And that's why it happened, not because anything was inherently wrong with me. Um, and the, the last time it happened, so 2017, I was at university doing my master's degree in the German part of Switzerland. And it was so bad that I remember vividly this moment where I was at the library, maybe revising for an exam or revising, you know, it was international financial reporting standards. So what is more boring than that, may I ask? And my thoughts kept looping to that date where I was micro-analyzing every single second that I could remember, wondering what I had done wrong. Or when I said this, did he think that? Or did he lose respect because I once said that I was procrastinating on my studies and now he thinks I'm a la lazy couch potato. like the weirdest, most crazy stuff. And I then later learned that that's rumination, which we'll talk about in a bit. It was so bad that was while I was sitting at that library, I could not, for the life of me, focus on my slides, which was accounting, maybe more than 15 seconds to a minute before thinking about it again. And I was trying to focus on my slides. And even when, you know, I was going on my phone on Facebook or Instagram and watching like dumb shit just to distract myself, every 15 seconds, 15 to 60 seconds, my thoughts would go back to what did I do wrong? Where did I mess up? Why is it not working? So the mental space it took and the energy was humongous and that's why I was so exhausted all of the time and I couldn't sleep it was so bad even going to the gym doing all of the things I used to love just triggered nothing in me I it was a drag to go to the gym it was a drag to speak with friends I had to force myself to do it and back then I think that that's just out of pure misery I wanted to feel better so I started googling like depression and what is going on in your mind when you keep thinking about stuff, etc., etc. I I wanted to get a bit of power back or at least understand the mechanism that was going on in my mind that made me feel so bad because my thoughts were that if I can understand the mechanism, I can do something about it. I can try, you know, to change or have new habits or I can maybe regain a bit of power on my mind that had a mind of its own thinking of stuff that made me feel miserable and this leading to that and I think that by doing you know YouTube search searches I came across the word rumination and that's a very important word uh, I did not know that word before and rumination basically describes when we go over and over and over, you know, a specific event or a period, microanalyzing whatever happened. And each time we do that, we kind of re-trigger the trauma, re-trigger the 
the, the feelings and it's just not a good thing to do. And the first book I came across, which I highly recommend you read, even, even if you're not going through depression, but unhelpful thoughts. And it's called The Mindful Way Through Depression. That's the name of the book. And basically, ruminating or ruminative thoughts is can be described as, and this is from the book that I'm reading, at the very earliest stages in which mood starts to spiral downwards, it is not the mood that does the damage, but how we react to it. Our habitual efforts to extricate ourselves far from freeing us, actually keep us locked in the pain we are trying to escape. And a bit further in the book, it is actually okay to stop trying to solve the problem of feeling bad. In fact, it is wise because our habitual ways of solving problems almost invariably um, winds up making things worse. Now, this is super significant because as I was trying to understand why it hadn't worked out with that guy and solve the problem because your mind is a problem-solving mechanism. It will always try to solve a problem. And the the stupidest example is you're lost. You know, you're trying to find a store in a city, you're lost, and your mind immediately goes into problem-solving mode and asks, you know, okay, where did I go wrong? Where did I, with, where did I take the wrong street? Let's, you know, come back on our steps and try something else until you find the store, which is really healthy. But it is not healthy when something kind of out of your control happens and your mind goes into problem-solving mode because when it does that, what happens is it's going to ask questions such as what is wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Where did I mess up? Why didn't it work out? Why did it start so well and then, you know, turn to shit? It's probably my fault, so what did I do? And that is what creates the spiral down kind of thing. And that's when we start feeling absolutely horrendous. So I came across this book and read it from start to finish really fast. And it was so liberating to understand that actually reliving the scene over and over again in my mind was actually just making everything worse and that this problem-solving mechanism that our mind has where I would ask myself questions like where in that date did it go wrong, what happened, was directly contributing to the depression. So that empowered me to, you know, take one step in the right direction to stop doing it. And then one of the things they mentioned in the book, and I read this four years ago, so I can't remember everything, is meditation. So to quiet your thoughts or to ground yourself in the present moment through meditation. So I read that book and I also came across, you know, other books such as uh, You Are What You Think About or Your Emotions or how our emotions are directly linked to our thoughts, and also found the book uh, Feeling Good from Dr. David Burns. And he he is basically one of the founders or one of the people who really um, expanded cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, uh, which basically uses reframes and adopting healthier thoughts instead of having cognitive distortions because if you have better thoughts you have a better mood and if you have a better mood you have a better life and Dr. David Burns he's a psychiatrist who you know is one of the fathers of cognitive behavioral therapy said you need to take control of your thoughts as long as your thoughts you know run the show it's going to be extremely difficult to change our emotional state of being as our emotions are very often a direct consequence or directly linked to the thoughts that preceded it. So I read that book too. It was very, very helpful to plant a few seeds, start doing a few exercises and understanding how depression works and how your thoughts are directly related to depression. And as you know, I read those books and I started to do a bit of meditation with uh, John Kabat-Zinn. That was the very first person who introduced me to mindfulness meditation. And I found one of his meditations online, which was a full body scan. So I used to do like the 45 minute full body scan and it would really help me like not think of how miserable I was and how I just got dumped. So that helped. And as I did that, and as you know, I saw friends at university and as I had, you know, stuff that needed to get done, I did start to feel better. 
And even though I hate to admit it, but I will for the sake of transparency, the guy, you know, that I had a situationship with and who said no because he didn't have time for a relationship, blah, blah, blah. I was maybe seeing a window of opportunity on putting that back on the carpet of like potentially maybe still having hope that it would work out. And that was one of the reasons that I felt better. And it was a temporary thing where, you know, looking back, the core issue wasn't solved at all, but just the prospect that maybe it might turn out uh, uh, to be a relationship helped um, increase my mood. So I felt a bit better, just to give you a bit of context. And then, yeah, to make a long story short, uh, I went on an exchange semester in Canada and Quebec. It was really nice. And when I came back from Quebec, it was in winter of 2018. So all of this, you know, depression started in winter of 2017, around February. And by April, I was feeling better. And by June, I was feeling much better. And then summer, you know was in my hometown, not at university, and then left for an exchange semester in Quebec. That was, you know, pretty nice. I came back in winter of 2018, so January. And when I came back, depression hit me again, full force, because the guy, you know, I had hopes of being in a relationship with, it was, you know, I was fixed on my outcome that it was just not going to happen. He hadn't changed his mind. And that was that. So no hate on him. You know, that's a different story. I absolutely hold no grudges. I'm so grateful that I actually got to meet him as it triggered so many positive things in my life. Uh, so, but he basically told me when I came back from my exchange semester that it was going to be a no and all of the hopes I had uh, went down the drain. And that's when depression hit me a second time, full force, and basically triggering, you know, the same feelings. I'm not good enough. He's too good for me. This is never going to work out. Something is wrong with me, etc., etc. And when that happened, luckily at university, they had this service where any student can could have between one to five free sessions with a, with a psychologist. And I was like, yeah, I'm in need of some external help here. So I went to him, very nice guy. And, you know, while we did a few things that were helpful, my mood was really up and down. So sometimes I would wake up in the morning feeling horrendous and by the evening it was much better. That was actually a pattern and it was really hard because I would always feel better in the evening than the morning. And then I would go to bed with high hopes and wake up in the morning feeling horrendous again. So the mornings were horrible, I remember that. And so I saw this psychologist and he basically said, you know, Ines, you're a very resourceful person and I can see that you sometimes feel better, but it's been six weeks and you're not feeling better overall. So I think that you need something stronger, maybe you need medication. And I remember clearly when he said that, uh, kind of nodding, you know, so just to shut him up, basically, I didn't want to to start a debate, but I basically nodded, went out of his office, burst into tears, called my mom saying, mom, I'm so fucked up. He wants me to take medication. And side note, I do not think at all that if you are on medication, you're fucked up. Absolutely not. Please, this is just my personal experience that when he dropped that, I guess it really hit me how bad it was. Because since I had always recovered in my history of 10 years of getting depression, maybe I thought it was not that much of a big deal and someone, you know, an authority figure saying I needed medication really hit me hard. But very fast, I just did not want to do that. And again, this is a personal decision. So please, you know, don't make your own medical decisions based on what I'm saying. It just didn't feel right in my gut. And my thoughts were... I need to get to the root cause of this freaking depression. And in my opinion, medication would not do that. It would be a symptomatic approach. So alleviating, you know, the symptoms uh, of the depression and feeling helpless and hopeless and not being able to get out of bed. But in my opinion, it would not get to the root cause of why the depression came in the first place. And I knew it has something to do with men, uh, not, you know, approving or of me or not you know loving me etc so I was very determined to get to the bottom of it because I thought to myself do I want to live my next 50 years like this uh having like six months or one year or two years going well and then you know something not working out with someone and being depressed and not even be able to function for like a few months and then 
back at it again for a new cycle. I just did not want to live like that. And I started to search for a therapist. And at the same time, my mom, and this is a crazy story, crazy, crazy story, divine timing, the universe doing its thing, was talking about EFT a lot. And how did she discover EFT? This is the craziest story is that, so for some background, in February of 2017, my dad had a traumatic brain injury, so a skiing accident, which resulted in a very severe traumatic brain injury. And luckily, the universe blessed us with a miracle. He recovered 100%, even though it made absolutely no sense. He was in a very bad way for three weeks, in a state of very profound paranoia and basically on another planet where he would be coherent sometimes and completely uncoherent others and you know talk about stuff that didn't exist and from one moment to the other he came back just as if I clicked my fingers he came back to his full senses you know even though he had damage in his brain in his frontal lobe etc so complete miracle and once you know my mom was in this waiting room for a like chiropractor appointment or physio or whatever for her neck, completely unrelated. And she was waiting and bored and there was this magazine about the brain and she would have not picked that up, you know, like way back then because she wasn't that into the brain, she was more into other stuff. But because my dad had had his traumatic brain injury, she was interested. So she took the magazine and the doctor said she could bring it home. So it was like lying there at home and once I opened it and I went through kind of all of the pages and in a tiny corner in the middle of the magazine, there was this mini, mini paragraph on EFT. Basically, Uh, researchers and scientists doing studies on how EFT positively impacted patients in people who had suffered a traumatic brain injury and that they had seen, you know, almost miraculous recoveries from these people or progress that had not been made prior to the EFT. So that's how EFT, we became aware of the existence of EFT. But when I read that in the magazine, um, I think it was just before I went to Quebec, so I kind of forgot about it. But I talked about it to my mom and we Googled it and we found the official website. And while I was in Quebec, she actually, you know, kind of read a lot about it and started doing it on herself. So when I came back in winter 2028, 2020, um, 2018, sorry, and, you know, I was feeling horrendous and I was ready to get to the bottom of this depression, to the root cause of the depression, I was searching for a therapist because I just felt I could not do it by myself. And that's when, you know, my mom brought up EFT and how that might be uh, like a potential solution. So I started looking into EFT, go on the website and become obsessed with it. And there were so many case studies that you can still find, you know, if you go on the website of people who healed depression with EFT people who healed everything basically with EFT and a lot of case studies of how they did it and the script they used etc etc and I did it you know and didn't get anywhere so that's when you know I figured out that I needed some help that my problems were bigger than what I could handle and I reached out to this EFT therapist that was recommended by the founder of EFT and started to work with her that was in probably January or February of 2018. And I was determined. So I can be both an extremely lazy person, uh, spending, you know, hours on YouTube or hanging out with my cat in my bed. But when I become obsessed with something or interested in a specific topic, or when, you know, I have a specific goal, like when I played golf, I am like an all or nothing type of person. And so I started to read everything I could find of EFT, all of the protocols, all of the advanced techniques, how to deal with a situation, you know, when nothing is working, watching all of the videos. We joined the founder's membership uh, so we could have, you know, group Zoom sessions with him and ask him questions. And I had my alternative therapist on the side. So I would see her maybe like once a week or once every 10 days, I was broke as fuck. And one session was like 150 bucks. So I had to work to pay for my therapy. That's why I couldn't see her like three times a day, which I would have done otherwise. And in between our sessions, I would work on myself. 
And one of the like the main idea behind EFT is that we it's called the personal peace procedure is that we make a list of all of the events that happened, you know, that trigger a negative emotional response to this day. So if I think back of that time that the teacher made fun of me at school when I misspelled, you know, a word or whatever, and when I think about it, it still makes me angry or sad or it makes me feel stupid like a five out of 10. So it's still triggering an emotional response. And EFT says, make a list of all of the events that is still to this day, not neutral, but triggering either, you know, anger, frustration, guilt, shame, sadness, like whatever. And then one by one, EFT the shit out of them. And the way we do that is with a very specific, you know, setup, which I won't talk about in this episode, because you can get all of that information online on mo3.com. But you basically use the specific EFT protocol and do some EFT, do some tapping on those meridian points on the specific event and what upsets you. And then EFT does its magic and the intensity just goes down. I kid you not, it's almost like magic. So, you know, that time the teacher did something super nasty and I felt a lot of shame. I would do EFT on it for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And next thing you know, I just wouldn't feel anything, not anything bad. I would maybe say, well, that was a stupid thing to do from the teacher, but I wouldn't feel that negative emotion anymore. And that's exactly how EFT works. So I made this entire list of all of the times that something happened and it's they still made me feel sad to this day and i would say that 70% of the stuff on that list had to do with times it didn't work out with guys and i felt miserable so at that time he said i don't have time for a relationship and my heart you know melted uh, in all the wrong ways my heart sunk with you know that time that um my my dad screamed at me because I run across the street and I was so scared or I felt stupid or not good enough or not lovable, like literally everything. And outside of our session with my sessions with my therapist, I would work on those events with my goal being of bringing the emotional, like the negative emotional intensity down to a zero or maybe one or two out of 10 because we're human beings and it's very normal that we still have a bit of an emotional response when we think about unpleasant stuff. Uh, but I didn't want those emotions to be like a 10 out of 10 or stuff that could still make me cry or make me angry today. And that was a long process because sometimes I would just try and try and try and it wouldn't go away. And especially uh, when I thought of, you know, that guy at the uni university while I was doing my master's degree, that time he said that, you know, he didn't have time to be in, in a relationship and I didn't feel good enough. I just could not get rid of the not feeling good enough. It just wouldn't go away. So it was a process. Nevertheless, I did that at least one hour a day, sometimes more, for three months straight. And for me, it was you know, pretty simple because I had significantly reduced my uh, workload at university. I had the flexibility of choosing when I was I wanted to do which modules. So I just made sure that that spring of 2018 was very easy and I didn't have too much on my plate so I could fully focus on the EFT. And since I woke up every morning feeling horrendous, not even wanting to get up and eat and brush my teeth, I would just do EFT in bed until I felt better. So if I woke up feeling like 1 out of 10 or 0 out of 10, if, even if I felt a 3 or a 4, which was, you know, a huge progress, uh, I would not get out of bed before I felt better. And sometimes it took 2 hours and sometimes it took 15 minutes. So as time went by... I would go back on all of these events that triggered a negative, you know, emotional response or that made me sad or that made me feel not good enough. And basically what I understood is that the depression was triggered each time I didn't feel good enough or not lovable or that something was wrong with me or that, you know, I was inferior to the guys I wished to date. So they were smarter, better, you know, more ambitious, more this, more that, and completely out of my league, and I would never be good enough for them. That was kind of the main idea or narrative around that. 
And in parallel, while, you know, I was doing all of that EFT, I was also reading a lot of books about thoughts and the subconscious mind um, and how to change your thoughts to change your emotions and all of that stuff, which really, really helped too. And back then, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I knew it would just not happen with that guy. I had accepted that fact. Um, so I was just focused on healing. And so many times, you know, I started my Zoom session with my therapist and she would ask me how I'm feeling or if I was feeling better than the week before. And the answer was no. And I felt I was making absolutely no progress which wasn't true, but that's how I felt. So that's maybe a message of encouragement to anyone listening who thinks that things are not moving, you know, that you're doing the journaling or the healing or whatever, you know, you're working on and you feel you just, you don't see any results. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And to give you um, an analogy, the founder of EFT often describes whatever element we're working on. So for me, it was depression is like a table, a tabletop. So just imagine, you know, a table tabletop and write depression on it or not feeling good enough. And a tabletop is supported by table legs. And in EFT and in actually a lot of healing modalities, the table legs represent specific events that support the belief or the element on the tabletop. So if I say, you know, I'm not good enough, which is my tabletop, my belief, my identity, the table legs supporting that feeling would be the time the guy rejected me or the time my parents were disappointed in me or the time, you know, um, I studied really hard for an exam, but I got the worst grade of the class, which made me feel stupid or not good enough. So we have all of these events, which, by the way, can also be inherited information or trauma or stuff that is passed on uh, and stuff we have forgotten or repressed. But all of these events basically support the tabletop. And EFT says each time you do EFT on a specific event and you bring the emotional charge to zero or to a very low level, it's as if you're cutting off uh, or just, you know, smashing off one of the table legs. And eventually, as you knock off all of the table legs supporting the tabletop, once you get to the last ones, the tabletop will collapse. There is like no event, no energetic disruption, no energy, no belief left to support that tabletop. So for me, when I was still feeling atrocious and feeling like shit and hopeless and helpless and that nothing would ever change and that I was a difficult case and that no one could help me and that, you know, uh, there was no point, I remembered that day by day, session by session, I was knocking off those table legs, all of these events that had contributed to me feeling that way and eventually the tabletop will collapse. And just because the tabletop is not collapsing, so just because the I'm not good enough is not gone yet, doesn't mean we are not efficiently removing all of its table legs, the hundreds of table legs until we only have one or two and it collapses. And the other great thing with EFT is that, and healing in general, is that if you're th thinking to yourself right now, Ines, Jesus Christ, I have hundreds of traumatic events or hundreds of times that my parents, you know, yelled at me and tell me I was stupid. If I need to do EFT on every single one of them, I will still be doing EFT and tapping, you know, in a thousand years. The great news is that very similar events, traumatic events, and when I say traumatic, it's not necessarily, you know, this car accident where everyone died and or horrendous abuse there is big t trauma and small t trauma so the big t trauma is you know severe abuse whether that's physical emotional sexual or more and the small t traumas which you know is just as important in our system is the passive aggressive teacher or that time when our friend made fun of us or rejected us or the time when we applied to a job and they said that you know, we're just not qualified enough. That's also traumatic events to a different degree. So um, what was I saying? Can't remember what I was saying. Yes, when you do EFT, when you have very similar events or traumatic events, like your parents screaming at you a hundred times or a thousand times throughout your childhood, energetically, 
they are extremely similar. So if you are able to do EFT and heal one or two or three or five of these events that maybe, you know, used to trigger anger or sadness at, at a nine out of 10 level, as you reduce the emotional intensity on three or four of those specific events, usually all of the rest collapses as well. So if you can do five events out of 500, assuming that all of these events are very similar, usually you only need to do between five and 10 or maybe 15 until it's the domino effect and all of the events basically fade into neutrality where you can think of like many different times when it happened and it just won't create an emotional reaction anymore. It's going to be like, yeah, whatever. And I started to see that. I started to see that, you know, when the first guy I used to like at school said he didn't want to be with me at 14, I could think about it and it would do nothing. I would even be able to reframe it in my mind saying like, listen, we were 14, you know, he has a right not to love me back. And now I still know that person, never really see him, but we are like in a similar, we live in a small town. And if I wanted to date him now, I, I wouldn't even want it, right? 10 years later, it's just not relevant to feel that way because we change and evolve and realize that Mr. Perfect at 14 is not Mr. Perfect at 24. So as you know, I was doing all of this EFT, a lot of things was like a lot of events would be coming neutral and did not trigger a negative response. And at the same time, I was keeping myself occupied, you know, working out, seeing a few friends. Uh, I re redecorated my entire room as it gave me something manual to do, which, you know, quick tip, if you want to stop thinking about whatever is making you miserable, create something, do something, renovate, you know, your room, change the furniture. I painted all of the stuff in white, which used to be black from, you know, a guy I bought my furniture from. So I just sanded everything and, and painted it in white. It gave me a project um, and an objective. And, you know, eventually the depression started to lift. And one of the things I did that was so useful is that I knew that one of the fucked up things with depression is that when you have a bad phase, whether that's a few days or a few hours, your mind, it's as if your mind is hijacked by this depression parasite and is completely going to alter your thoughts and your judgment, meaning that when you are going through an episode of depression, you will really feel as if your entire life was horrible. And it's very difficult to to, you know, go back to a, an old memory of a happy memory and actually feel happy. You will feel bad. And your mind tricks you into thinking that your life was horrible in the past and that nothing was ever that good and nothing in the future will be good either. And so what's the point? So what I did is that I had this Excel sheet. Hello, yes, I'm a nerd. You can also do this on a journal or in a sticky note or on a board where I would rate my mood literally five times a day. I kid you not, and it gave me something to do. So waking up in the morning, then around like 10, then at lunch, then around four, and then right before going to bed um, at night. And I would rate my mood out of five, one being horrendous and five being like, game on, bitch, I'm feeling amazing. And three being neutral like not neutral like it's I wasn't feeling good at three but I wasn't feeling bad it was kind of like bearable not great but bearable and so I would write my mood five times a day try to be very disciplined with it um, and the goal of that was so I could look back and see hey actually while I'm going through an episode right now and feeling horrendous I'm looking at my Excel file, at my mood chart, and last week I had two days in a row where I was feeling like three out of five, which was pretty good. So I wanted to be able to, to stop my mind into making me believe that nothing was ever good by with physical evidence that, hey, I actually did have a happy moment, or I actually did have a nice evening with my friends, or I did had you know did have a nice gym session in the morning where I actually felt a four out of ten. And as the days and week went by, the mood would go up. So the first week it was only one and twos out of five, so horrible. And the second weeks we had a few three out of fives or four out of fives and the third week and you know etc etc until eventually I think I recorded my mood for a total of three months I could see a clear 
progression uh, with my mood, you know, slowly but steadily going up. And I had a few, you know, crashes where for one or two days I felt horrible or a, bit, a few setbacks. But globally, the trend was going up. And I would also take a few notes each day saying, oh, felt good that evening when I read this book or had a bad morning, but then it, it went better, etc., etc. So I could have the history. And I still have that Excel file to this day. And I, I was such a nerd that I color coded it in Excel. So if I entered like one out of five, it would like the cell would turn out purple. <laughs> and if it was a two, I think it was blue. If it was a three, it would be green. A four would be yellow. And a five would be pink or something so I could actually see the color scheme color scheme and the color changing throughout the days and weeks to much more like yellow and pink versus purple and blue or whatever the the, the bad color uh, were so yeah and eventually you know um progressively but steadily I felt better and my therapist helped me you know kind of get down to the very sticky things that I could not shift myself with EFT where you know I did all of the tapping I wanted but it just wouldn't budge so my my therapist supported me immensely with that uh, I would read a lot of books about the mind uh, and start understanding you know that you have the power to create your reality uh, once you can get yourself to a level where you're not horribly depressed i'm not you know by no means am i saying hey you depressed lazy couch potato change your thoughts dummy it's gonna be okay absolutely fucking not right but if you manage to get yourself from feeling horrendous to feeling okay ish which also takes you know a lot of healing and inner work then once you are at, are at the okay ish level you actually start reclaiming your power because you have enough resources and energy and mental space to consciously and subconsciously change your thoughts to something that is more empowering. And I got to that point and it just went upwards. And one day, you know, I just realized that I didn't didn't have any days where I felt one or two out of five. And that's, I gave it a week to see if it would be steady. And it was. And the depression has never come back. And it's going to be almost four years in May and out of those four years I think I had one half day so maybe from like when I woke up in the morning until noon it happened once where I felt a bit disconnected like it's the, the easiest description for me would be feeling completely disconnected as if I was completely alone even though people are around me it only happened once and then it basically went away so maybe I was just sleep deprived or something triggered me subconsciously I don't even know but it just went away I embraced it I said okay this is fine you know we are not going to fight against it just observe it like a cloud floating by in the sky and it will go away by itself which it did and even, you know, later on when I dated people and it didn't turn out into a relationship where we both agreed that it was for the best to, to stay friends or whatever, um, the depression never, never came back. Because fundamentally, through all of the EFT and inner work, I was able to heal that deep part um, of me that did not feel good enough, that felt unlovable and that something was wrong with me or that, you know, I could never meet someone in my life because that just wasn't available to me. And I really, I remember believing that, like truly deeply believing that true love and finding Mr. Right was not for me. I could, if I tried to imagine like a healthy relationship where I loved the person as much as they love me. So like a balanced relationship, not me being in love and them not giving a fuck or the opposite, like a healthy relationship where I would love someone as much as they loved me. My mind would, it would blank. The only thing I could see was black. Um, there wasn't even, you know, space in my mind to conceptualize such a thing. It was just nothingness as, you know, my energetic system or subconscious mind strongly believed it wasn't for me and that went away and I no longer believe that <laughs> and I know you know that Mr. Wright is out there and that he will come in divine timing uh, and I have full confidence in that uh, so I'm not in a hurry I'm not forcing the process I just know it's going to happen uh, which is amazing and which I did not 
uh, feel that way, of course, four years ago. And that experience is what got me started into everything related to the subconscious mind. I I bought quite a few books in personal development. I I stumbled across Bruce Lipton, read The Biology of Belief, which is a fascinating book. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza read all of his uh, three books, read the the second, third, and fourth of his book, started doing meditation with guided meditation of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Um, and so many more authors and eventually this led to that and I later trained in rapid transformational therapy which is a complex sophisticated form of hypnosis that works wonders Um, and kind of at the same time you know as I healed from depression it it had so many positive spillover effects that I would have never imagined so first of all all of my allergies went away I used to have very very bad allergies to um, pollen So I had hay fever and I did the treatment, you know, with they inject you with the substance for two years. It didn't change anything, did nothing. Um, And I now know, because I know what I know, that usually when we have an allergic reaction, we are allergic to someone uh, in our life uh, or something, but it has very rarely anything to do with the allergen itself so for example me pollen so that completely went away I used to have adrenal fatigue that went away I used to always be cold so no amount of sweaters and scarves and radiators and tees would keep me warm enough and my mom used to be like stop wearing all of these scarves it's ridiculous it came from a good place right but I was cold non-stop And looking back, I think that my system was in a constant low level of fight or flight uh, with my autonomic nervous system and, um, yeah, autonomic nervous system, reptilian brain, fearing maybe like the event that would re-trigger me not feeling good enough or like a deep sense of not being good enough and disconnected, you know, to oneness, to the universe, to unity. And it's, 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 resulted in me always being cold and that went away and I wasn't even working on that it wasn't even a goal but that completely went away now I'm not cold I'm actually starting to be very attracted to cold baths and cold showers and cold everything with Wim Hof that's something new that I could have never imagined a few years ago um, and same for my mom her her allergies went away because she did the the EFT procedure as well uh, she had renal syndrome which is when the blood doesn't go to your extremities and your fingers can turn white or purple from low blood flow that went away too and yeah I mean the list is endless and that also you know made me realize that I was not willing to do the corporate life. The corporate life made me miserable. But until then, I don't think I would have felt good enough to step out of the mold, to, you know, feel that I was worthy of starting my own business and worthy of doing what feels good to me. Because that's a pretty big thing. Um, It's one thing, you know, wanting to start a business and having our own clients. It's another thing, feeling that we are smart enough, that we are lovable enough, that people would pay us, that we deserve, you know, to have a different life. Um, And I could not have done it if I hadn't healed depression. I'm pretty sure I would have just found a job in finance or consulting or something. And, you know, to some extent, I would have liked it because I love finance. But after some years, I would have, you know, had a huge breakdown and I would have been miserable as that just doesn't float my boat to be in an office for nine hours a day. Uh, working for someone else and not having a sense of purpose in what I'm doing. So that, you know, healing the depression and the not good enough and overall understanding how my mind works, how my subconscious mind works, how my energetic system works was such a blessing because to this day, I have doubts every single day and freak outs about launches and the business and clients and, you know, the Instagram account not growing. But now I have resources and tools to deal with it before it has time to snowball into something bigger i will just do a bit of eft or meditation understand you know that's my limbic system speaking that it's a fight or flight response it's not the truth and i just kind of get over it really fast um and this is the reason why the business grew so fast Uh, any business that grows really fast is not because of strategy is because 
of energy. And I did not grow overnight. I did a shit ton of healing before I started my business. And because I had spent hundreds of hours doing EFT, I kid you not, and hundreds of hours meditating and reading about, you know, all things related to subconscious and energetic systems in our mind, I was able to bring all of that positive baggage when I started my business, like baggage is negative, right? You can't bring positive baggage. To bring all of those tools and resources and learnings and experiences to the business, which made it so much easier. Because once you have been so depressed that your literal appetite completely goes away and you can't even brush your teeth, nothing in comparison is bad. So even when no one was on my email list, when no one watched my lives, when I was trying to get clients and it wasn't working, nothing was nearly as bad as the depression. So I just went with it and cruised with it and said, yeah, I mean, this sucks, but it's still a complete holiday (laughs) compared to when I was depressed, which really helped me navigate those times when when I wasn't really seeing results when things were not going my way I was like if I could overcome depression I can certainly you know move past this phase where things are not quite working the way I expect so this is it I could still speak another three hours but we'll try to keep it not too long what's the message I want to give you guys with this episode that nothing will help you more in your life and in your happiness and joy and fulfillment and being able to tune in to your intuition and your gut feeling and having healthy boundaries and manifesting abundance then healing the part of you that doesn't feel good enough or not smart enough we're not qualified enough we're not lovable or that something is wrong with us for some reason and we all have it no exception every single human being on this planet has these feelings to a lesser or greater extent and obviously the more you know shadow work and healing you can do the less it's going to affect us we can do and the less it's going to affect us but it's a constant journey new level new devil kind of thing so even when we do evolve and we reach a new level in our business you know new layers of the onions will get peeled new stuff will come to the surface new new stuff will have to be dealt with which ultimately is one journey to going back to oneness and reconnected reconnecting with the universe i think at, at least that's how i see it spiritually um and once you can you know do the work and start the process of feeling good enough just as you are and feeling worthy of having what it is you want right now in this moment regardless of how much money you make regardless of how many clients you got last month regardless of how many followers you have regardless of what education you had or did not have regardless of you know your background your religion your race or what your family taught you or did not teach you right once you can feel good enough just as you are in this moment right now and feeling worthy of receiving what it is you want without having to work like crazy, without having to be more qualified, without having to prove anything to anyone, that is when the doors to healing and wonderful opportunities or manifestations truly open. The doors truly open. That will be my parting words. And of course, you know, if you're curious about EFT, Um, I'm going to be doing some workshops with EFT as many people respond to it so well. Even people who don't believe in EFT, it still works on them. It's not the placebo effect. Um, So if you're interested in learning more about EFT, I highly recommend you binge read everything on the official website, which will be in the show notes. And it's mofree.com. And there are a lot of videos online that could already help you with EFT. Um, For example... Julie Schiffman. So if you go on YouTube and type EFT Julie Schiffman, she has a lot of awesome videos. There's also Brad Yates that has an awesome YouTube channel with a lot of EFT. Um, And yeah, and that's basically that. And the program in which I do the most EFT is the Abundance Magnet. Uh, You can join the waitlist on my website if you you like EFT or want to use EFT as a tool to heal, you know, visibility fears, imposter syndrome, um, confidence issues abundance stuff money blocks etc etc as it works wonderfully 
on those two. Um, our common issue that we all have is I am not good enough. And then it just manifests in a different way in our lives. So some people, the I'm not good enough is going to manifest as not feeling that we're worthy of finding a life partner. And for other people, the I'm not good enough is going to show up as, you know, wanting a PhD, not because they're interested in the topic, but just to prove to their family and friends that they are indeed good enough. But at the end of the day, the root the root issue is the same for all of us. Um, so yeah, that is that. Uh, I hope that you like this podcast episode. I'm so grateful for EFT. I'm so grateful for all of the other resources such as hip hypnotherapy, you know, guided meditation, Dr. Joe Dispenza, all of these wonderful authors, Louise Hay, and any book that comes from Hay Publishing in general are very interesting. And, you know, so grateful that I met that person at university with whom it did not work out because it triggered a journey, a healing journey that brought so many wonderful things in my life and for my family too, because now we are all EFT addicts. <laughs> we even do it on the cats sometimes, like surrogately for the cats, because you can do surrogate EFT, and you know, I'm pretty sure it works. So so yeah, this was this. If you have any questions, and even you know more personal questions, or if you want to share your own experience in a safe space, please uh, just send me a message either on Facebook or Instagram, or send me an email if you'd like to discuss this or just, you know, share your thoughts or your experience, I would be so happy, you know, to share some experiences with you. Uh, no strings attached, of course. This is not, <laughs> let me tell you something, absolutely not from human being to human being who can relate or if you have any questions about this. So I hope that you have a wonderful day and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.